0: Welcome to Caribbean Storytime with your host, Yolanda Marshall.
1: Tune into various discussions about our beautiful culture, books, authors, recipes,
0: and everything Caribbean. Your children will enjoy reading with Miles on Caribbean Storytime. Welcome to Caribbean Storytime, and I'm your host, Yolanda Marshall. Today, we are honored to have Valerie Kemp Davis, who writes culturally conscious literature that celebrates everyone of the diaspora. Her title, Jamaican Masemi ABCs, is a children's book which weaves various aspects of the Jamaican culture into every page. Valerie is the mother of two Jamaican daughters and a surrogate mother of several children in the East Chicago community who chose her and her home as a safe source of refuge. I spoke with Valerie uh, a little bit earlier, and I could tell you, you can feel the passion in her voice. She is an amazing woman, a powerhouse, and we are so privileged to have her on Caribbean Storytime.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Hello, Yolanda. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, My name is Valerie Kemp Davis, and I am the founder um, of Caritas Collection, which is a company that deals with culturally conscious books for children and adults. And I coined that word, <laughs> which means that you are an adult with a childlike spirit, so you can appreciate my literature as well. I am also the author of Jamaican Me, Samey, ABCs, and I will be releasing Rainbow Cuddlings in November and the One Love Project workbook in um, December. And I am the mother of two daughters who are Jamaican who were actually my inspiration for writing children's literature um, that would speak to who they were um, having a bicultural, really a tricultural experience. And um, I'm just proud and pleased to have had the opportunity to put something out that I feel um, is indicative of the Jamaican-American fusion Um, I am African American myself, but in my quest for finding out more of who I am, because I thought I might be Bahamian with the last name Kemp, that is my maiden name, and the way I look, because people always thought I was Jamaican, they asked me that all my childhood and i was like well, what does a jamaican look like i actually offended my um brother's wife his first wife on her wedding night because he married a jamaican girl and i said do i look jamaican and she said what does a jamaican look jamaican like
0: look, yeah we don't <laughs> have a
1: specific so, look but you... you know what i think jamaicans look like a mixture of everything, everything. Just, food that they eat is a mixture of everything because so many cultures were brought to that Island. Um, from West Africa, um, we came and, um, We were not just dropped off in Jamaica. We were dropped off in Cuba, Haiti, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Aruba, wherever you want to name it, that's where we are, even to America. And full circle, I had my father to do the uh, buccal swab, the test for DNA, and um, I thought I was Bahamian because of the last name. It's very odd. You find very few Black people whose last name um, is Kemp and um we the verdict is still out on that but we definitively found out that we are jamaican (laughs) we're haitian we are from bahrain in the middle east as well as the cameroon and um it explains the darkness the high cheekbone the big boneness and all like that so um i just just find this to be a very um pivotal point in my country in America where we're dealing with issues of race and um, colorism and so on and so forth and prejudice that we need to know who we are when so many people tell you who you are and who you aren't it is important that we know who we are and um, I felt this way all my life but more so when I had my children um, because their father is um, He is British by, um, I guess you could say nationality, but his heritage is Jamaican because his parents are Jamaican. And um, his mom's people are from the Mandeville area and his father's people are from the Banbury district area. And um, his parents migrated from um, Jamaica, to London to try to make a life for themselves and even a history of why was so many during that time going to Canada and London versus America where of course we were not under the king the king or the queen's rule there was um we had departed from that so this is not a place that they would have migrated and so for him to even have gotten with me was um a miracle and of in and of itself because of what he had been told about who and what african americans were or were not and we met during a june a juneteenth, juneteenth celebration which is to uh celebrate the abolishing of slavery and um that's how we met and and we parented these two beautiful daughters that we have today and my daughter, the oldest, had the, just had the privilege this summer to um, be selected for the Grace Kennedy Birthright Program. And so it's full circle because while she was there um, doing her thing and learning more about who she was, um, having a hunger to know that uh, and being accommodated by the country so graciously and Grace Kennedy, um, I was there in my quest to... Uh, teach Jamaican kids more of their own culture. So I was there with my literary partner from Nosy Kids, shout out to Nikisha Henry, who lives in the UK, but is from the Portland area of Jamaica. And we were there for nine days. And um, we, th- we put that program on for four different, um, did it the National Library of Jamaica in conjunction with something that the Poet Laureate on uh, Lorna Goodenson was doing. And we did it at the August Town Primary School down there in Sizzler Country (laughs) near Judgment Mm -hmm. Yard and Trench Town Reading Center, big up to Rosalind Ellison, who lives in Canada, where you are. But Mm -hmm. she's um, over the Trench Town Reading Center. And we did it one more place. My mind is just escaping me. But we got a chance to... talk about it on a couple of radio stations and CVM TV. So um, it's been an honor and a privilege to have, it's taken on a life and a journey in and of itself. And um, it's really important for me, especially, like I said, what's going on in terms of the racial divide in my country, that my kids and other kids of color know who they are, very proud of their culture and traditions and those things that are not so good that they work on diligently or with due diligence to change it and to be able to um, pass on the history because that's what we have to do. So um, I write, I come from um, a background where my mother was an English and Spanish teacher and I read a lot of black literature growing up. I know the importance of words, how you can live vicariously before you get a chance to get in the world and do some things you can learn about the, wor- the world through the pages of a book. And so since I was coming into motherhood, I did not see the story of the Jamaican kid. So I wrote the story of the Jamaican kid and then I made it a universal type of mindset. So in my book, Jamaican Me, Sammy ABCs, which you can find it on um, on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles or Book Ophelia, just multiple places, parenting.com, Walmart.com. <laughs> you find it uh, multiple places. Um it's um it has a glossary in the back of the book, um, so that you can get more insight uh to the things of the culture. So I, I go from A to Z or A to Z. And I talk about um, roots, herbs, um, holidays, heroes, um, musical icons, holidays, just you name it. Um, and it was a very fun project. And i like to um, give a shout out to my illustrator, Mr. Michael Talbot. Um, who is Jamaican, and that was his first children's book. He did an excellent job to bring my vision to light, and it's very colorful. Um, it's a kind of big size book, and it's now, you can find it um, on Kindle Direct if you're interested in putting it on a handheld device. So um, that's what motivated me to write the story, um, and it's just just been... It's like I said, it's been a journey. I just um, did a book signing um, this past weekend at the DuSable Museum. DuSable, DuSable Museum is um, an African-American historical museum that is affiliated with the Smithsonian Institute. And um, it was founded by um, Dr. Margaret Burroughs and her husband, um, the late Dr. Margaret Burroughs and her late husband. And um it was a pleasure to talk about the backstory uh to this book. Um the backstory is that um I was inspired to write it because I I, I was married to a man who found it really important based on his experiences as growing up in London and not being familiar with his culture um, about Jamaica, having preconceived ideas about it in the negative and then to come and to actually live two different lives, to live the life in the country where his grandmother taught him and his brothers how to cook over zinc and to uh, learn how to farm and pick sugar cane and uh, slaughter cows and and graft oranges, um, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. To um, knowing what it was like to deal with um, suffering and yeah. to come back again as a young man, and now living a life in um, luxury, um, Discovery Bay, um, working at. JBC is a presenter promoter and now learning the luxuries of the elite, as you say, uptown and what it was like to even come to America and even live in Canada for a while because they have a lot of family in Canada. So all these stories influenced me and um, made me want to learn more about who I was. So as I said, um, you know, I, I found out that we have all these different things in our in our um, blood: Haitian, Jamaican, Iranian from the Middle East, and Cameroon. And I, when I looked at what they said was a part of my father's DNA, it just reminded me of our history overall as a people. Um, and so this past Saturday, um, Ms. Sandra Hayes, who's the manager of the trading posts in the DuSable Museum, where my book signing was, she said, this is a un- universal story. She kept saying, this, we have a commonality. This is the transatlantic trade. This is the middle passage. It's just that we, we have some similarities. And I said, yeah, we do. Because I said, when when my ex met my grandmother, who just died, well, tomorrow will be a year that she's been deceased. She died at 98, but she was raised by her grandmother, who was a former slave. And I remember when he first came home with me to Florida and he ate some of her cooking, he could not believe it because he said, how could this African-American woman cook so similar to my grandmother? <laughs> because we, we <laughs> preserve some of the way we prepare our foods. yes. Um, even down to the preparation of the okra, the things that we might have had in our pocket when we got pulled from one location to the next that we might have planted, or the just the process of how we cook. Um, it's, it's historical. Um, mm-hmm. Princess Margaret um, is releasing a cookbook, and she did... Um, Princess Margaret, I'm I'm sorry, Megan, sorry, Megan, uh, Duchess of Sussex um, talks about, if you know, if you understand um, the recipes of the people, then you can understand the people because there is a history in the cooking. Um, We might as African-American eat chitterlings, which was the leftover intestine in the pig, but the Mexicans which is a part of our culture too make menudo cuz they have to spent the spanish influence it's both uh tripe um the intestines of the pig but the preparation is different but the the origins of how someone would even consume something like that remains the same um so, my ex said, he said, um, mid picnic, they must hear them culture, they must eat them culture, they must treat them culture. <laughs> and I don't have impression of him, but he meant that. And even yes. though he has a British American, a British American Jamaican accent, it's it's all hodgepodge. <laughs> but when he gets angry or when he gets excited, he will begin speaking. Blew it, patois and the kids knew you were in trouble when holding yeah. the patois. <laughs> so um they listen to all kind of music. Um they listen to the reggae, they listen to the dance hall, they listen to the music of London, the sting, the seals, the police, the deposche mode, all of that. The R and B, the gospel, all all of these things are a part of what um, you know what we like daddy don't like football daddy likes soccer why does daddy like soccer daddy calls soccer football we don't that football what he talking about is not what we say in america you, you see what i'm saying so there are conversations um mommy likes grits daddy likes porridge <laughs> <laughs> all of the, all those things all these things brought conversations um, mommy likes her uh her dumplings soft like how they do in the African American community daddy likes his hard um where you can actually cut it with a knife because that's how they did it in Jamaica so um I wrote this story because I didn't see I didn't see the Jamaican story for my kids and um in the book there's this old school stuff from uh using busy to deal with a, a tummy ache um how you can use aki skins to clean clothing and some people say oh my god how do you know that or to the old buses and um my artist was amazing so if you see flat bridge road it's just like it looks just like you know down to green grotto and and glistening waters and dun rivers fall where my kids saw a picture of their dad when he's nine and his and their uncle standing there underneath the waterfalls and you know one of my daughters having the experience and and it was so funny when she was a river rafting because i actually have her on a river raft the little character she she took a picture of herself actually navigating that river raft and um And she had the book on there because it had went full circle. But for me, full circle is more than just my family or this little story that I'm telling. I want it to go full circle globally because we can see ourselves in each other. We might know why. I have a a, a Nigerian friend. She's a princess. And she told me once, she said, I can look in an African-American face and I can pretty much tell where they are what part of africa they're from because there's a look there's a phenotype there's a body type there's a look so when i found out my dad was from um family the the bloodline is out of the cameroon i spoke to a cameroon sister and she said yeah she said see you're tall and she said, and you big boned that's that's how our women are Mm -hmm. gave me even more so she was like um a lot of slaves came out of the Cameroon but people think that they she said we we encourage people to come home because they kept records of who they took out of there um it wasn't like folks was just necessarily being grabbed out of there 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 was trading there was tribal wars and so on and so forth so they kept records so it's like a, a reunion to come home and I would like to do that one day but um Right now, I'm um, going to be releasing a book next month called Rainbow Cuddlings, and um, it is from the African-American girl experience um, living in a city that Martin Luther King described as one of the most racist cities in the world, Chicago. Um, and if you look at Chicago, um, it is segregated. There's Greek town, there's Chinatown. They have the area where the Muslims live, the um, the Chinese, the, the Vietnamese. It's really segregated. The, the blacks, um, some live on the west side, some on the south side, and they're divided like that. Um, the Logan Square area has become gentrified. Humble Park is the Latinos. You know, they got the areas for the Mexicans and so on and so forth. And I write a story about how this little girl um is in a building and her home is very afrocentric and her three little friends who are latinos little boys have their apartment decorated and even though it's um latino you can still see the african influences in the art this is really important for me that my my artist captures this and um, how they're in this eclectic-type neighborhood with all these cultures and how they get along. So um, that'll be out next month. And I'm actually... um, Congrats, congrats. (laughs) So much. And I'm I'm, um, working on finishing up this workbook called the One Love Project Workbook, which is an outgrowth of something that I do um, in the libraries, uh, in this area, um, to teach children about, um, love of self, love of culture, but I, I used the jumping part point as, um, my book, Jamaican Me Send Me ABCs, and, and we have the Jamaican and the American flags bound together, but then we have all these other flags. There's a scene in my book where the DJ, DJ Rewind is pointing out to the crowd, and, um, there's a sea of flags, um, where um, these are countries that really gravitate toward reggae and dance hall music. And um, and I think that the thing says roots rock reggae, um, dan- um, jam rock was the first, now the whole of the world loves reggae and dance hall and they do it in their own language and they do it in their own verse. And by the way, the book is written in Patois. Um, like I said, it's a glossary in the back. So from A to Z, it gives you uh, more insight from an academic point of view on what I'm relating in a way that edutains. It's a mixture of entertain and educate, edutain the kids. But I want them to never miss the point that um, it's strategic. It it, it has to be... um, where you strategically go and find your history. Yeah. Don't let people tell you who you are. Um that might not know who you are. People can tell you any anything. And it has been shown historically that history gets tainted, changed, altered for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and so um I'm sure you as a writer and a mom knows the importance and feels that urgency to put that thing out here in the universe Mm -hmm. so that if there is some dissenting voices down the road, like people are telling folks that, Oh, there was no such thing as the Holocaust Jews are not having it, Mm -hmm. having it. So why are we having it? You know, we see where the the nose is blown off the um, Sphinx. We see that they're lightening the color of the, um, the etchings and the pyramid, um, so that they look more Eurocentric. Um, they're even saying in America that we were indentured servants instead of we were slaves and brought against our will here. You've got to have your books. You've got to have your documentation, um, to leave behind, to be able to, um, to be the dissenting voice or to be that griot um that gives not only the verbal history but the written history to leave it yes. here. Um, Sister Soldier says some time ago in her first and only album, she said, um, whatever we want the children to know, we must teach them. We must teach them. And so that's that's what I'm um doing. Um, so I'll be, um, doing a creative writing class on the 29th. I'm really excited about that. And, and, um, I, I, I just even want to, um, put that lyrical, you know, we kind of lyrical, the way we say things, we say creatively. Um, and sometimes we get Misunderstood from the inflections in our voice, the loudness to our exuberance, uh, our boisterousness about being who we are, the joy of it. But I'm saying there's there's nothing to be ashamed of, whether you speak Ebonics or Patois, and there's various types of Patois. Um, always know how to cross uh, between cultures so that you can operate Um, using standard English, but never be ashamed of who you are, how you got here, because not only did you survive, we thrive. And so um, that's that's what I feel my mission statement is. I've worked in law enforcement since 1985. I'm on medical leave now. And um, I've seen so much in the streets and um, in terms of our people, being highly jailed and their kids falling into the system while their parents are incarcerated or they went to foster care. And there's nobody to say you are wonderful. You're especially, you're wonderfully and fearfully made. It is my purpose to say that. You have a history that's so rich. Did you know that you were the ones that brought the streetlights to, to the UK as Moors? Did you know that you were the ones that said, Don't sleep with your animals. You corral them separately. Did you know that you were the wonderful mathematicians and astronomers and scientists? They can't figure out today how the pyramids were built. Did you know that you were the master farmers? Did you know that the Big Ben clock is for Benjamin Banneker, a black man who also did the blueprints for Washington, D.C., the capital here in America, where the presidents and the Senate and the Congress are? Did you know these things? Did you know that? We got to teach them. So as long as I have breath, Yolanda, (laughs) and I have my right mind, Mm -hmm. I continue, whether it's been in law enforcement, to say these messages to my people, because I need people to know that all people in law enforcement are not bad. Some of us take it as our ministry, and it has been. So I've just transcended a lot of what I've seen from in the streets, personal experience, being a person of color, being a child myself, dealing with racism, prejudice, uh, my kids, their experiences, other children, living in a segregated city, coming from the South, being married to a man who was um, bicultural, uh, by based on the the British experience, the Jamaican experience, even the Canadian experience. My world has gotten broader. Yes. Yeah of that and I tell children the world is their oyster I started at home charity begins at home I I was listening to one of your podcasts and you said you know what there were some things that I wanted to teach my children I could tell you were excited about being a mom just like I was yeah you knew the importance of books and when you got to looking and you didn't see what you needed you got to writing because you had and that's what I encourage like sometimes people don't understand the kids when they do the rap and they said all the languages is horrible. And what are they talking about? Well, some of it I'm saying, you can use your platform um, for many things. Try to use your platform to not only talking about the condition that you see the people in, but how to change that position even though you're in that condition, how can you change your position? So um, I feel like writers are the gadflies, the challenge change. I see that we are the historians, the gatekeepers, the griots, and um, I'm just so uh, honored to have been given this art form and this talent and uh to use and to give something back to people and my people and people like me and um i just appreciate you having me on your podcast today it's it's um thank you (laughs) i I I appreciate the journey um of, of it all and and this is amazing
0: Thank you very much. Thank you. And and I'm honored to have you on as a parent, um, also as a writer. Um, you're an inspiration. And um, once again, your book is a it's perfect on my in my library for my son, Miles. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, he's 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 being raised in Toronto. So he's one of those kids I know in, in Chicago and, uh, is very um segregated and such but in Toronto you find most kids are blessed with opportunity to being diverse schools you know um, being educated with friends from different countries and nations and um, you know for I know for him for sure especially when it comes to Caribbean he'll be around a lot of kids with Jamaican um, families and friends or Jamaicans in in total you know Caribbean people were, were all over the place so uh, and of course the dialects and such it's 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 very good coming. I see you as a very talented writer and and more so like a, an amazing parent because you have pretty much gifted our universe, gifted our community, gifted our culture, um, literature that will educate our children and you're coming, at it from a parent standpoint a mother you know and and a mother being a mother is a powerful thing and there's so much we can do so much we can pass on and um, I really respect you for that thank you so much for being on Caribbean Storytime.
1: Thank you and I want to say in closing in terms of me being a mother I mother two children but I've been a surrogate mother for many children and I want to say that even though you may not have a child yet or you may not never have a child, reach out in your community because um, we need proper role models. We need to be um, schooled and reminded. We need to be loved on. We need to be trained. We need to be corrected. Uh, we need to be um, positioned and affirmed. And that is the role of the community that we are losing that. And we're more like in our little mm-hmm. nuclear and, and we don't see further than our four no more, but I'm saying that we need to be community-minded. We have that African proverbs that it takes a village to raise a kid, and that's a global community as well. So. Yes. Um, I'm hoping that someone will hear this and feel um, empowered to do more than what they do. Even with my children being grown, that does not mean now that I have no responsibility to children. And not only me, I need you, I need you to write that soil stand as opposed to eliminate stand. I need you to talk about Santa Claus and the black cake so that the kids will understand that that's fine too. You don't have to put the cookies in the milk out and that's okay. <laughs> and if you put the cookies in the milk out, that's okay. And that even, yes we don't understand each other, that communication is the key. So I just, I thank you for this opportunity once again. I thank the listening audience for taking the time to listen to us um, communicate. And I hope that you all were able to garner something that will um, also have you to embrace culture and enrich lives. Thank you. Thank you.